Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 374. Today is Wednesday, January 24th. So um, make sure to follow on Spotify. Make sure to follow the Elijah Fire Podcast on Spotify as well. Uh, rate us there. As well, that really helps us out. We really, really appreciate it. Also, I'll tell you what else we appreciate. We appreciate you guys' generous donations. You guys are crazy, awesome. MVPs is what all of you are. Whether it was $5 or more than that you've donated, we really appreciate it. And that goes towards keeping this free at five days a week. Keeping it as accessible as possible. And uh, allows us to bring on amazing guests as well. So we so appreciate that. But I'll tell you, the people overseas and even stateside appreciate you guys' donations as well, because many of you guys are very well aware that we every donation that comes through ElijahStreams.com slash donate, a portion of that goes towards our water well effort. So we're going to play a quick video, and then we're going to get rolling with today's fantastic guest. By giving towards clean water in Uganda, you are impacting thousands of lives. Praise the Lord. I am so happy. I've been blessed. As a pastor, I've spent 34 years on this village. When I got saved, God touched me and told me to preach the word of God through action. I've been teaching water for old people, for the elderly. I wanted to make sure that they get water. There's been a lot of suffering. They've been fetching water from very far places and the water has been bad. But today, we have seen God. I thank God and I thank you, people. God bless you. Together, we can continue to bring clean water to the people in Uganda, Africa. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue, Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Thank you guys again. We dig a well, a new well, every three days. And I did the math, and that is... An average of about 121, 122 wells in one year. And that's thousands of people that are impacted because of those wells being dug, that are providing fresh water for people. That also means thousands of people exposed to the gospel. Uh, Amazing, you guys. Uh, That's amazing. So thank you guys so much for your donations. All right. one other one last announcement is our the next teaching series that is being converted to podcast form is um it's the power of prayer teaching series with christina baker and we love christina here at elijah fire she's a good friend she's amazing and um also this teaching series about prayer uh, many of you guys are well aware that her tiktok over a million followers and that's not me being hyperbolic it's literally over a million followers and uh, what she does is she prays for people she just releases a prayer 
Um, and so uh, she has a lot of authority to speak into this and guys walked her through a lot to get her to this place. So this teaching series was super great. I know it's going to stoke if any of you guys are wanting to grow deeper in your prayer life and you just like, man, I just feel like I should be praying more. I think that this teaching series really stokes that fire within you. I know it did for me. So that's going to be dropping on Saturday, January 27th. All three episodes of that are going to be on all of our podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple podcast, everywhere else that you listen to podcasts, it'll be there. So that drops this Saturday. January 27th. So check that out. Three-part series, Power of Prayer featuring Christina Baker, Dynamite. It's Dynamite. So check it out. Uh, all right. Uh, tell you what else is Dynamite. My guest today, who's a good friend of mine, and she just got back from, she just got back from Scotland. So um, I'm sure she'll talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot of other stuff too, I'm sure. I have no idea what we're talking about, all right? That's what happens with some of these guests. We just are like, we don't need notes. Let's just go for it. So um, but my guest today, for those who are unaware, she is a prophetic voice. She's an author. She's a teacher. She's a minister, revivalist extraordinaire, and founder of Arise Kingdom Ministries. Without any further ado, let's give it up for our guest today, Krista Elisha. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> hey. I love your oh. intro so much. Wow. It makes me feel like I'm on a Nickelodeon show. Oh, yeah. Well, you that's know? the vibe. We said Nickelodeon or bust. We want to feel like Nickelodeon. It's like every no, millennial's dream, you know, yeah. to be on a real, like, live game show. And so yes. that's what it feels like. I yes. And I had your husband install a bucket of slime in a secret compartment <laughs> above <laughs> you. So if you say the wrong thing, oh, I push. Goodness this button on this remote and then i hate slime i gag yeah yeah Ari, Ari got some for christmas samara put it in his stocking uh -huh. and he came over and he slapped me with it and i literally involuntarily gagged <laughs> <laughs> i'm like Ugh. do you gag then, when you you handle like raw chicken and stuff or so i i usually don't i have you know tongs that handle raw meat what else makes it's usually you it's usually I'm just curious. like viscous mus you know mucus mucus sort of. mucusy stuff yes yeah like my my sister she is a uh she owns a spa you know and so she's into all the high-end skin care like the korean skin care stuff is like really mm -hmm. you know trendy right now and she tried to talk me into getting some something called snail mucin and i'm like is that what i think it is mm -hmm. um i'm like no i could never use that and she's like oh it's so nourishing i was like snail mucin. i will go ahead and i'll just look like an old lady because i'm yeah. not using snail mucin yeah i'll find an alternative yeah like no that's so sick <laughs> it is so the sick. weirdest things that people use for like beauty stuff i don't who just can't i mean and who was like, okay, I'm going to put this on my face and see what happens. That's what and I'm... See the, but the thing is, is you you have to commit to it. It's not just like once and then you're like, whoa, look how rejuvenated I look. You have to use it for like a couple of months to see. see it, it makes me want to gag just like weirdos. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. when I, uh, before I went to beauty school, I actually tried to go to nursing school. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I really wanted to help people. And we had a lot, we have a lot of healthcare people like in my family. And 
I remember getting to the point where I was almost ready to take like practicals. And um, I went to a hospital and realized like, I would never survive this job because I would be throwing up on people yeah. and that would not be good. Yeah. And when, like, so broken bones and stuff like that's I could, my, I can handle that, but really? it's body fluids can't do body fluids. Yeah. I, for me, it's like broken bones. And I remember a buddy of mine in YWAM, um, there was, I walked into the kitchen and some of my friends were in there and I was just like, Hey, and two of the guys, one of the guys is a, he's a, he's a bigger dude. And, um, the, him and the smaller dude were roughhousing. And so I saw them, they walked away and then, uh, or I walked away and all of a sudden I hear screaming from the kitchen. Okay. And it's a full kitchen full of people. So I walk back in there and I see my friend, there's like an Island and he's, I can see his head on the other side and he's laying on the ground. He's like, Oh, he's like my leg, my leg. And I heard someone say, oh I heard gosh. it. I heard it snap. And I knew people were on their way to help them who were more qualified. So I, I saw that happen. I literally threw my hands up and I went, nah, I'm good. I walked away and I was like, he's going to be fine. He was fine. He had, yeah. he had a cast and then whatever. But I just, I'm like that hardcore with, with broken bones. I'm like, unless I have to, I won't. Like, cause like, I remember there was this, when I was in YWAM, we lived on this, like out in this like forested area, the base is out there in Salem and, and uh, it was really icy one night and these drunk drivers slid and they hit this uh, power line and then just like chopped it up. Their car just like chopped it off and it cut out all the power and they rolled, tumbled down this hill. So we went there and like there's down power lines and everything. And we like ran up to them and dudes were like covered in blood. That didn't gross me out. Huh? See, that would have flipped me out. I would yeah. have been like, <laughs> like somebody <Yeah>. help. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to broken bones, I get super squeamish. I'm sure if my, my adrenaline's going and I'm in mission mode, I'm sure that part of me will shut off, but yeah. Uh, and Illumination said she doesn't do blood either. So it's all good. It's mostly mucus for me. I'm like, I'm the mom that would be holding her snotty nose kid and like gagging. Uh, um, like, and I'm, I've had so many people ask me, like, how do you do this? You just get through it because, you know, and then there's hope on the other side because you know that eventually they're going to reach a point where they can wipe their own noses and butts. Right. So, yeah, there's it's a it's a means it. to an end. You know that eventually you won't have to do it anymore. Yeah. So true. Haley in uh, on Instagram, she said that she's an esthetician and that stuff you were mentioning is good stuff. That that is what all you estheticians say. Yeah, you and there's a conspiracy. I bless you. I, think. I bless you to use it, but Miss Krista will not be using that. Right. We will find other things. <laughs> yeah, non snail, non snail mucin. Uh uh. Yeah. I couldn't even get past the name. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Krista, you just got back from Scotland. Yes, Scotland. last week. Yes, it Last, was amazing. On Friday, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And you said out of a scale of one to 10, it was a 10. It absolutely was a 10. I think one of the so cool encounter moment, um, I was flying into Scotland, but I was asleep. I was on the plane. I was asleep. And um, I went into this encounter, which happens to me a lot while I'm flying, where I'm in the spirit and I am 
like looking out the window of, of the plane and there is this angel that appeared to be a unicorn. Uh, angels come in all sorts of, you know, forms. Um, and I mean, we see that like in the Bible, the four living creatures and all the eyeballs, you know, like they're interesting Crazy. creatures. Yeah. And um, so there's this unicorn with giant wings and one moment uh, she would be like white and iridescent and rainbow. And then the next minute she would turn into like fire and black smoke. And um, like it just, she was really interesting. There was a lot of um, like there, I don't really know how to explain it, but like the fullness of the character of God, I could like see, you know, like mercy and wrath and beauty and judgment. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a weird prophet thing to try to explain how I knew that, but that's what I was getting. Mm -hmm. And well, okay. But sometimes like with encounters, you just know, like, yeah, it's you, like knowledge. You just, yeah, know, you just know something. So I don't know that, you know, I, I think I get that. And I think a lot of people who have ha had experiences with the Lord that are listening to this, will just understand like, Sometimes yeah. you just something happens with the Lord and you just know something like there's an impartation of knowledge to you about what something means. Right. Yeah. And so there was a lot going on with her. Um, and when I say her, she doesn't, I just want to be clear, like angels don't really have gender, but they can appear feminine or masculine based on the message that they're getting across and, um, or what, whatever their, you know, their job description is. But, um, she and all these other angels um, in the clouds, these thick, fluffy white clouds were all welcoming me home. And now I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, but I was confused because I've never been to Scotland. And obviously I'm an American citizen, born and raised. And I said, I, I asked, I said, I don't understand. I, I mean, this is cool, but I'm not from here. I'm obviously from the States. And in the most perfect Scottish accent, uh, this angel who, whose name was Destiny says, I lass, you've never been here, but your bloodline has. And we've been waiting an awfully long time for you to arrive. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And it just, and it hit me. I knew it was true. So then I, I wake up, I come out of that encounter and I look outside and there really is the most beautiful, big, fluffy white clouds. And all of a sudden I see a Corona or like a full circle rainbow um, on the cloud. And I look closer and I realize that it's actually circling the, the shadow of the airplane. And I found out later that's actually a phenomenon called um, Pilot's Glory, which is really interesting. Um, and so, like Google Pirate's Glory or Pilot's Glory. Pilot's glory. I, what is Pirate's Glory? Let's, Pirates? Yeah. I don't know, but I plunder hell quite often. Yeah. Um, so... But we were descending and uh, then I start getting text messages and my intercessor, one of my lead prophetic intercessors had sent me a message and she said, oh, my, I, I see uh, the Lord assigning you new angels to your destiny in Scotland. And I'm like, whoa, that's awesome, because wow. I think I just met that angel. Yeah. And then later on, we uh, Harmony Klingenmeyer and I because she went with me, we were around looking around the shops and we kept seeing unicorns everywhere 
And Harmony asked the shop owner, uh, why are there unicorns everywhere here in Scotland? And we found out that the unicorn is actually Scotland's national animal. Yeah, which was a revelation to me backstage. She mentioned it and I go I had to Google it. You know, when people say things, I'm like, I have to see this for myself. <laughs> yes. So also if you type in Pilot's Glory in uh, on Google and do image search, it's really cool. You should check it out. If you yeah. have, if you're able to look at somewhere else while we're talking, you should check it out. But also type in Scotland's animal, national animal, and you will see that it is in fact a unicorn. It's wild. How crazy! Yeah. And I had no idea. And you know, I unicorns have kind of been a theme mm -hmm. in my life for like the last year specifically. Because you are a unicorn in the spirit. I do yes. feel quite like a unicorn. And yeah. there's a psalm about the unicorn. He anoints my horn like the horn of a unicorn. Um, but that was probably one of the coolest things that I experienced there. Yeah. So lots of confirmation. And then uh, actually, I just feel to to say this because I think that it's really important that we, like leaders in the body of Christ, demystify deliverance and that we are teaching people that deliverance is, is an ongoing process for many people. And, um, it's not like a, I think that as life happens, like we constantly need inner healing and we need, uh, oh, deliverance hundred percent. So my grandpa on my dad's side was actually a 32nd degree through the Scottish right. And for years, I've gone through like bloodline cleansing and prophetic intercession and courts of heaven stuff to break all of that off of myself and off of my kids um, to get free from all of that. And there, but there's still there was still this thing where anytime I thought about my dad or about my my family that I'm not seeing walk in victory, there would be like this overwhelming sense of hopelessness and sadness that would come with it um, that was not natural. Hmm. And um, the first night we were at the conference there, um, I actually realized that I started going through deliverance. And um, a lady came over and started praying with me. And I'm like, you know, instead of fighting it, I'm like, just tell me how I can make this go faster. Because I realized it had something to do with my Scottish ancestry. Um, and uh, she mentioned a spirit of sadness. And all of a sudden, I just started to weep. And I realized that's what it is, this spirit of hopelessness and sadness that has been on generations of that line. Um and it's why it, it it keeps you from being able to see God's um, view of the future, right? Um, and like what God sees over your life or what God see or what God is saying over situations that in the natural may look hopeless, but they're not. And um, so I start coming out of agreement with the spirit of hopelessness con specifically concerning my family, because I have lots of hope for lots of other things and um, just started crying. And I could feel that my tears were actually like cleansing out like witchcraft from my eyes. Mm, wow. And, and um, at the end of it, the craziest thing happened. I saw inside of myself generations that came through the Scottish, you know, line ancestry they stood up and began to clap and cheer 
um, because I was the first one who had been free. Mm. So you saw that in the spirit or? I saw that in the spirit, but it was like inside of me. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. I've never experienced anything like that before. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. But it was like all of the people through that line that made my DNA all stood up and began to cheer because I had gotten free from that. Mm. Um, and that was really amazing. And I, I feel like ever since then, um, God has really opened my eyes to, um, receive like even deeper levels of like healing and pruning Mm -hmm. and receiving, um, like words that, are, uh, how do I say this? I guess just cleansing and like purifying my heart on really deep levels, but it not being like a place of feeling like God is angry at me or he's displeased with me, but that it's in his great love for me. And, um, it's actually exciting. Um, I'm here. I I feel like I'm hearing him and I'm seeing him more clear than I ever have. Hmm. Um, and that's really exciting too. And actually that's kind of what brings me to like the word that God gave me today, which was about harbingers of hope. And, um, he spoke, I was praying and asking him like, what do you want me to talk to, you know, talk about on Elijah fire specifically. And he said, I want you to talk about harbingers of hope. And I was like, well, what's a harbinger of hope, you know? And uh, I looked up the word and a harbinger is a person or a thing that announces or signals the approach of another. Um, It's a a forerunner or something, a forerunner of something. And it's from Old English, which means to provide lodging for um, or shelter. It was originally shelter for an army, like an army base, like a fortified place. Mm -hmm. Um, and the term first denoted a person who would provide lodging. And then later on, it went to, um, the person who would find the lodgings for an army. Um, so like a herald who would go into, you know, a town to herald the coming of those people. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so like, as I was praying into that word, I actually went into a vision of daffodils or buttercups. And um, I just kept seeing these like daffodils uh, laughing, like with their big bobbly goofy heads and like their big trumpet, you know, noses. And um the Lord began to speak to me about, you know, these emerging heralds or these trumpets of hope um, that were that were coming. And he said, uh, I, I heard the phrase, um, oh, daffodil, the love child of the spring who lingers on to vex the rose, which is actually a poem that I remember from years and years and years ago. Um, but the Lord was just showing me these daffodils and how daffodils, they're the very first flower that 
pops up like before spring. I mean, like before spring usually arrives, they're the first ones to come up. And I know that I always get excited when I see the daffodils emerge because I know that they are heralding that spring is around the corner, that the days are about to get longer, that the sun is going to shine really bright, you know, and the Lord began to tell me like, you know, to all the other flowers in the field, these daffodils look like fools. They look like total fools because they are, all the other flowers die when the frost hits. Yet daffodils continue to bloom their annuals. They continue to bloom year after year after year. And um, he he told me that these harbingers of hope are um, are going to be much like these flowers. And I, I heard him say, cheer up, buttercup. Like spring is coming. And that's a word for all of you today. Like cheer up, buttercup. Spring is coming. It's right around the bends. Like the the time is is going to change. We're in a season right now where you know it feels like we've been dark, where it's been dark and we've been hidden away. We've been in this pruning season and um we've been in this season where we've we've really had to like press down deep into God's love and we've had to um anchor ourselves into uh in his spirit, in the secret place. And I just keep hearing the Lord saying like, spring is coming. The sun is coming. The sun is going to shine again. And that this isn't just for like this time of year, but, but these harbingers of hope are, um, are going to be like staples in, our lives as far as the body of, of Christ is concerned. And, and they're really going to be prophets that are going to anchor us into God's hope for the future when the storms come. One of the things that was said at the conference in Scotland was that storms, you can actually be formed in the storm. Um, there are storms that come to try to take us out. But if we anchor ourselves to the Lord and to his hope and to his word for the future, then we don't have to be taken out by the storm. Our lives and and can actually be formed by the storm. And uh, I mean, for me, I can say that that is really true because anytime the enemy has come to try to take me out, what has ended up happening is that I've leaned on the Lord and relied on his strength. And I've anchored myself into his spirit. And God has made everything that was sent to harm me and he's turned it around for my good. And that is a promise that God makes with us. Romans 8, 28, you know, um, that he, that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his good purpose. Right. And so I can trust that no matter what storms I go through, that God is going to make it work for my good. I mean, a a great portion of the most anointed parts of my ministry have come because of the storms that, you know, have been waged against me um, and have really formed me to uh, to be able to withstand those those storms um, with God's help. So um, I heard the spirit of the Lord say that he was raising up harbingers of hope 
individuals who like the prophet Jeremiah will prophesy God's plans of rescue, not of destruction, to release hope for the future that anchors people to God's goodness and mercy in the midst of God's judgment, in the midst of shakings, social and economic unrest, and the chaos that ensues from nation raging against nation. These harbingers will have gone into the future by the Spirit and will bring back the word of the Lord to his people to prepare them for what is coming, which is ultimately his second coming. Their words will provide security, encouragement, fortification, and correction so the people will be equipped and prepared to hide themselves in the Lord in the day of trouble. They will be heralds of his coming, prepared with heavenly wisdom and strategies that will only be available through an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. They will not be doom and gloom prophets, but will be healthy, happy, hopeful heralds of the glory and the goodness of God that can be experienced through the storms just as much as on the other side of the storms. Their words will bring strength to the weak. They will hum humble those who are prideful. They will lift up those who are crushed in spirit. And um, just like doomsday preppers know how to store up resources for natural disasters and shortages, these harbingers will have an endless supply of spiritual resources to provide relief for hopeless hearts. They will have a never-ending supply of good news about what God is doing in the nations. And as they speak, the witchcraft that comes over the eyes from watching the enemy's reports that will be permeating the airways will be washed away, and they will be able to see what the Lord sees for their lives again. They will point to Jesus and his eternal overarching plan for total restoration and will guide people who will have ears to hear what role they are called to play in order to bring the restoration of all things to pass. And um, that is a really powerful word. And guys, I just want to share this with you. It does not take the gift of prophecy to, um, to parrot the bad things that are happening <laughs> in the world. Okay. That is not prophecy. It does take the gift of prophecy to see what God is saying and what God is feeling right. and what God is excited about in the midst of uh, the, the nation's raging. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because God is not sitting in heaven on his throne, wringing his hands and, uh, and worried uh, in, a, in a worried, vexed position, afraid about what is to come. God knows he's seated secure. He is confident. He is high and lifted up. He has already conquered uh, every enemy and subdued every principality. He is, he is not concerned with uh, what the end is going to be. Hallelujah. He knows that at the end, he gets the victory. We win. Okay. And, and so 
our job in the midst of all of this is to begin to tune our attitudes, our attitudes and tune our hearts to see what the Lord is saying and doing in the heavens so that we can partner with what his will is on the earth and be an answer to the prayers of Jesus, guys. Do you know Jesus lives to make intercession for us? Jesus is constantly praying and interceding over our lives. He's interceding over us as individuals. He's interceding over us as nations, okay? And over generations, he is constantly living to stand in the gap for us. And and we need to, to tune our hearts to the intercession of Jesus so that we can get in sync with what his spirit is doing and become an answer to the prayers of Christ for our world and for our generation. And when we do that appropriately, we become harbingers of hope. We become messengers of hope because hope is who he is right? He is our living hope. He is, Paul said, he is the God of hope. So that means hope is a part of his character, right? And so everything that he, look, everything that he says is going to be hopeful. And, um, you know, when, when hopelessness looms over a society, mental illness, drug addiction, and suicide become epidemic. And guys, we are living in a generation where hopelessness is looming over a generation. Suicide is at an all-time high because there is such darkness and hopelessness. Uh But I believe, guys, that we are also in an Isaiah 60 moment where although deep darkness covers the earth, the Lord is arising and shining over his people so that they may become beacons of his hope and lead the lost into transformational encounters to translate them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his glorious light. Amen. Amen. You know, I was, as I was like praying into this, I was just asking the Lord, Lord, will you teach me more about hope? Like, and, and I know hope is a force, right? Hope is a force. Um, but I wanted to know, like, God, what do you say about hope? What does hope mean to you? And he, ironically, he led me, um, to this. It was actually a reel. I think it was on Facebook, but it was a story about these scientists who did a study with rats and what they did was they took these rats and they they threw them into like a pool of water and they wanted to see how long these rats could tread water before they would give up and sink and drown and so the first um study that they did they they did this with the rats and it took about 15 minutes for them to drown um but then the next round what they did, they, they, they tried something different. And so they put the rats in the water and then right before that 15 minute mark where, where they knew the rats had previously like given up and would sink to the bottom and drown, they pulled the rats out of the water and they gave them refuge for a moment and allowed them to have some space so that they could breathe and and rest and recuperate. Then they put them back into the pool 
this really fascinating thing happened, and you can look this study up. When these rats were rescued once for just a moment, when they were put back into the pool, they then swam for 60 hours straight. That was two and a half days longer than the original 15 minutes that they had in, initially swam for. And so the, the conclusion that was brought about was that the hope of rescue pushed these rats beyond what they thought was possible. In fact, it pushed their physical bodies beyond what was possible because they had hope. Hmm. Hope is an essential force of life. It is an essential element for human life. The word hope in Hebrew is actually tikva, and it means expectation. It also means to stretch out a line, or it, the root word comes from uh, rope or cord, um, and it means to bind oneself to or to wait for or upon. So to hope in something or some, someone means that I live in an expectation that something I desire or long for will come to pass. To hope means I trust that there is something more that I can see, touch, or feel that is working on my behalf. To hope means I don't give up even when I can't see what's up ahead. Hope is a rope that binds us to God in the midst of chaos, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of misunderstanding or lack of understanding. Hope to us as believers is a confident assurance in God's goodness and his love for us. It's acknowledging your current limitations, but actively stretching yourself out to handle the expansion God wants to give you. Okay. So I want to explain that hope, hope is faith in seed form. So one way that the Lord showed it to me is that the blossom on a tree is like hope for the fruit that is coming, mm -hmm. right? So all fruit, it, it, it st literally stems from a blossom. Well, the flower is a representation of, the of, of hope. It's beautiful, right? It smells good and it it causes us to know wherever that flower is, fruit is going to mm -hmm. pop up, right? Mm -hmm. And the fruit is the manifestation of what we hoped for, <laughs> right? Fruit, mm -hmm. the fruit is the manifestation of our faith coming to pass in this realm, right? So when we, our hope literally acts as a rope that goes into the future in the spirit realm and begins to pull what is in that realm into this realm. Okay. Okay. 
It is knowing that God's presence is with us in the midst of our current situation. He's bound to us by his promise of covenant love, that he will never leave us or forsake us. And he will make even the most painful things work together for our good as we trust him and as we keep ourselves wrapped up, bound, intimately intertwined with him in the process. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. So um, John 16, 31 to 33 says, Jesus replied, now you finally believe in me and the time has come when you will all be scattered and each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone for the father is always with me and everything I taught you is so that you, um, so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence or hope as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous. Or in another translation, it says, cheer up for I have conquered the world. You know, so we need to know during moments of trouble and sorrow that God is good and that Jesus is with us. Therefore, we can thrive. Not not just that we'll make it through, but that we're actually going to thrive in the middle of our sorrow and 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 in our trouble. Um you know, I think that we have a tendency to well, this is actually what my pastor Van Cochran says. He says, we have a tendency to uh, to reserve joy for after the battle is won. But the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength for the battle. So we need joy before we ever enter a battle. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that and our hope in what God promises us not just in this life, but in the life to come is what can give us joy. Um, you know, it's funny when I was um, preparing for this, I the Lord kept speaking to me about like the crucifixion, right? And how from our our perspective, what seemed like the ultimate failure for Jesus was actually the moment of, of his ultimate victory. And what seemed like the ultimate demotion and removal of Jesus's ministry was actually the moment of his highest ministerial calling mm-hmm. being yeah. fulfilled. Yeah. And it led to the ultimate promotion, you know? So, and as scripture says, because he humbled himself, even unto death, God raised him up and seated him above every power and principality in the heavenly realms. And he is now seated at the right hand of the father. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. So I believe that experiencing the joy of the Lord begins with us tapping into God's emotions over us, his, his feelings for us so that we, and, and knowing that he is totally victorious over every enemy, uh, no matter what happens. So no matter what happens, we're going to be victorious. So Mm -hmm. even death to the Christian is not defeat because he's conquered death. And I, and I think that, you know, we're so busy clinging to our lives, right? Especially American Christians, like, (laughs) you know, American Christians, guys, you watch one, 
uh, documentary on the persecuted church in China, and you begin to question whether or not you're even saved. Well, even in church in Iran, I think it's like, well, what, what is it? There's a documentary. You can watch it on YouTube, I think. Uh, I think Wolves in Sheep's Clothing or something like that. Someone in the chat might know, but it's about Iranian Christians, and that is super convicting. Yeah. Right. And and I I feel that for us in America, we don't even begin, we, we haven't even begun to understand true persecution. And and we haven't because we have not even got to a place where we are totally dead to the world system. Like we have not given up our life um, for the sake of the gospel to the extent that the world can even tell that we are different. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus promised, he promised that if we were living the gospel, then we were going to experience persecution, right? And I've, I've personally felt convicted, like if I'm not receiving persecution from somewhere, am I even living for the gospel? Like, am I even representing Christ rightly if I'm not stirring up some demons? Like, am I really representing Christ um, if I am afraid to experience persecution? Mm-hmm. Um, and sheep no, among wolves. Sorry, I sorry to cut wolves. you off, but sheep among wolves. If you go to YouTube and type in sheep among wolves. There's multiple volumes of it, but it's super eye-opening. Um, so yeah, anyways, continue. So, you know, how do we get from where we are now to where we're supposed to be? And and that, I believe, a key to getting to that place is having hope in what God has promised us, not just in this life, but in the life to come. You know, the spirit world is more real than this one. You know, we are bound by flesh here. um, But Jesus said that everything in this realm is, is going to be eaten by moths and is going to be subject to decay. He said that one day the stars and the sun were going to cease to exist, but that his word would go on forever. And so we have got to shift our perspective and we have got to start seeing things and believing things the way that Jesus sees them. And we have to tap into what he believes about reality about the world about what is important about what is not important um about where we are going um we we need to tap into his eternal perspective um for our lives as individuals and for the lives of of those that we are ministering to or that you know our families our congregations our regions our nations right and we need to ask him, how can how can I be an answer to your prayer? How can I get my life in sync and into alignment with, with your plans for the nations, God? You know, because he needs all of us. Um, 
when I remember this was years ago and I was actually, um, I was a student at BSSM. I remember there was, that was such a crazy season. God had literally given me this word about, you know, opening my own business. I'd never owned my own business before. I would have never even thought I could do that. You know, um, that was a huge stretch. And then he calls me to go to BSSM in Cleveland, Ohio, which was a four hour drive one way. And I had to go uh, multiple days a week and God provided everything. I would like go and uh, somebody actually let me stay at their house overnight so that I didn't have to, you know, get a hotel room every week, which was very helpful. But I was literally like working overtime at this new business. And then I'm going to school, traveling four hours north to be faithful to to go to this school. And then my mom and my dad, who lived four hours south from me in Kentucky, were both diagnosed with stage four cancer. And my mom, so my mom had stage four lung cancer. My dad had stage four esophageal cancer. And my dad ended up having to have a triple bypass um, on his heart. And um, I'm riddled with anxiety. Everything is so serious. I have absolutely no joy in my life. I'm waking up in in the morning, like literally shaking because of the anxiety and the stress of, of all of the things that I have to do on top of the fact that I am, uh, you know, driving four hours north to go to a ministry school Mm -hmm. that is in the opposite direction of my parents who are like terminally ill. And I just remember like praying and being like, God, like, why am I even doing this? Like you have me driving four hours in the opposite direction of my family. And, you know, like, how are you going to redeem this situation? Where are you at? I feel like you are so far away from me. I'm riddled with anxiety. I have no idea how to run a business. I've, you know, like, and I would be going and literally like the pipes of the salon would be freezing while I'm trying to sit at the hospital while my mom is having an invasive surgery, you know, and, um, just so overwhelmed with life. And and I remember the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to pray in tongues. I want you to begin to sing in tongues um, because the spirit, my spirit is going to intercede for you because you don't know how to pray for yourself right now. And so I would begin to to pray in tongues. And what what would end up happening um, would be, I I would start praying in tongues. And then a song started emerging from my tongues. And I had never really sung in the spirit before, but it was this same melody over and over again. And it, it, and the same words, and I've never even had that happen in tongues where I was praying the same exact words, phrases, syllables, it all sounded the same in a melody. Hmm. And it sounded like this goofy, like children's song. And it 
aggravated me to death. I mean, I would be like, I don't feel this right now. I don't feel happy. I don't feel like I want to be singing right now. I want to crawl in a freaking cave. You know, like, I don't like, how am I going to survive the death of my parents? You know, how am I going to get past the guilt that I'm driving four hours north to this ministry school? You know what I mean? And that I am I am literally selling my time to clients who are more who, who care more about their gray hairs than they care about me having time with my dying parents. You know what I mean? Like, but God, you've asked me to do this, but I don't feel this right now. Mm-hmm. What is this? You know, and it kept going and, and going and going every single time, every single day I would pray this song would come out. And so finally, one day. I get to this place and I'm like, all right, God, I have no idea what you are, are praying through me, but I know that at this point I need to partner with what you're doing. So will you give me an, an an interpretation of what you are singing through me so that I can partner with your spirit in this process that my soul is going through? Um, And I start praying and singing in the spirit. And Jeff, I was absolutely rocked when I received the interpretation of what I was singing. And it was the joy of the Lord is my strength and my song. And your spirit is with me all day long. God, all day long, you're with me all day long. Your spirit is with me all day long. You are my hope, you are my strength, and you are my song. The joy of the Lord is my strength and my song, and your spirit is with me all day long. Mm. And I just remember collapsing under the weight of the comfort of the Lord. That in that season of suffering and fear and anxiety and what seemed like hopelessness, the hope that I could anchor myself to was that even if I was going to have troubles and sorrows, that his presence was with me, available to give me peace, available to give me strength, and available for me to lean on in in my lack of understanding so that no matter what happened, I was going to make it through because I knew that as long as he was with me, that I was going to make it. Hmm. That, and, and then Jeff, through that process, he began to teach me that, you know, we're, we're all allotted a number of days, you know, it's all wrote in his book. You know, he knows the beginning from the end. And and death is a reality of the world that we live in. And that's why spiritual life is so important because our salvation anchors us to eternal life in Christ. And he began to speak to me about you know, my mom and how my mom 
was filled with the spirit of victory mm-hmm. because of her salvation, because of her relationship with Jesus. Even if her body was riddled with cancer, her spirit was not. It was totally free, totally healthy, totally whole. And that was my mom's really real reality. And that although we contend for the healing of physical bodies, this side of heaven, that regardless of what happens this side of heaven, there is a hope beyond the veil of total restoration and healing where there will tears and sorrows and pain and sickness and disease will be no more. And that was what I had to anchor myself to that, that even when my mom, like the week before my mom passed away, um, you know, we were contending for her healing. Uh, we contended for her healing even up into the day that she passed away. And, um, I remember getting that phone call that hospice was called in you know, and we had had this word that we were going to see victory over cancer Mm -hmm. in our family, you know, and I got this word that hospice was being called in. And I, I went to the Lord and I was angry and I said, God, I don't understand this. You said we were going to see victory. Um, I, I am disappointed because I thought you were going to heal my mom. And I was not expecting to go into a vision, but I went into this vision where I was literally standing at the river of life and the water was so beautiful. Um, It literally glistened rainbows. And when I looked closer at the river, I could see that the reason why it shimmered with um, this multicolored, multifaceted uh, beauty and splendor was actually because the stones that line the banks of the river of life are actually gemstones. They're precious stones. And the light that, that emanates from his throne room shimmers off of the stones and it radiates out of the water and it, and it creates prisms of glory throughout the atmosphere. Mm. And, um, I, I, as I'm standing there, I I turn and I look and my mother is a young woman and she's standing on the banks of the river. And then I watch her kneel down into the river of life and she takes her hands and she cups them and she drinks uh, water from the river, um, brings it up to her mouth and drinks it. Um, Then my mom walks over to me and my mom, she was such a funny lady. She was always afraid of like not having what she needed, like in the moment. And she, I remember all the days of my life, this woman carried around this kaleidoscope Tupperware cup. It was like a little miniature cup. And cause she was always thirsty, but she hated drinking out of like drinking fountains. So she would use this cup everywhere we went and she would like telescope it out. Some of no, you guys so it's like a collapsible cup. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, God love her. It's probably from the seventies, you know, but she would use that. She'd pull it out of her purse and she'd use it everywhere we went to, you know, get us all drinks. Um, you know, and she reached into her purse in this vision, she had her purse and she reached into it and she pulled out this cup and she went over to the edge of the banks and she filled the cup up with the water. And then she came to me and she gave me a drink. And I realized at that moment, Jesus was standing next to me and 
he said, your mother will never die because she's drank from the river of life. And now she's passed her cup onto you and you'll never die. Hmm. And I watched my mom hand off her purse and hand off the cup to me. And she jumped in the river and she swam to the other side. And I knew in that moment that my mom was going to die. I knew, I knew that the Lord was telling me that night that mom was going to cross over into, into eternity. And I just began to weep and I looked at Jesus and I said, but I don't want her to go. And he looked at me and he said, you have her cup. Now it's your job to give the other thirsty ones a drink. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And I looked out and, you know, this is before I started ministry, Jeff. I didn't ever yeah. know that I was going to do ministry. I didn't go to ministry school because I wanted to do ministry. I went to ministry school because I wanted to know God. Well, you're doing it out of obedience too, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I see all these people and they were all thirsting to death. Like they were going to die of dehydration. And the Lord looked at me and he said, I promise you that your mother's prayers on this side are going to be more effective than they ever were over the course of your lifetime. And she will partner with you in ministry from this moment on. And that was my word of hope, you know, in that moment of grief and of loss. And also the hope of knowing that even if it really sucked right then, losing her and having to figure out how every day after I was going to not have her in my life, that there is this hope, this anchor beyond the veil who is Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who has promised us a life for eternity without pain, without sorrow, where, where once we get there, we're going to have the best kind of relationship. And I'm never going to have to worry about being separated from her again, you mm-hmm. know, And I have watched in my life and in my ministry, I mean, like even me being on this broadcast right now is a manifestation of my mother's prayers because my mother loved Steve Schultz and loved the Elijah list. Mm -hmm. I mean, she loved you guys. She prayed for you guys. I mean, she, she sowed financially in, into the Elijah list. Um, and you know, I, I even, it's crazy, Jeff. I even, I think I sent you a picture. I was going through some of her old stuff and found a article where she had the Elijah list, like original PO box address mm-hmm. and the name of a, of a prophet or somebody that she was going to write to there. And that was like years ago. And, and so, and the way that God got me connected was sovereign. I never 
I never submitted a prophetic word. Mm -hmm. Steve got wind of a video that I did and he reached out to me personally. And that's very unusual. Mm -hmm. Um, but I recognize it as God answering my prayer, God saying, I'm the God of hope, you know, and, well, and my mom's prayers are effective because I she's proceeding with Jesus. Right. So I would even go a step farther and say that, like, I just think this is why we can't take credit for the things that God has done in our lives. Obviously, you can commend someone for being obedient and for listening to God, but like how much of our lives, anybody listening to this is a result, not only of our family's prayers over the decades, generations, but also random people in the middle of nowhere that are crying out and praying for something very specific. And God's like, Krista. And then all those prayers, it's not like when someone dies, all of a sudden their prayers aren't they oh well okay they died so their prayers are null and void no that's not how it works and so i mean even just look at like you know well-known prophet who's gone home to be with the lord kim clement like how many of his prophecies now are like whoa like things are like even now we're seeing it you on know, donna clement petruska his daughter's been a great fosterer of those words and continuing to so that they um on the forefront of people's minds. But I think that that is, that is one example, but I mean, Krista, you're, you're a culmination of your mom's prayers. And in many ways that you are partnering with, with her prayers, you are partnering with her, like the, the, the ground that God has been able to give you are, I mean, how, how much travailing did your mom do when you had gone the wayward path? Oh, right. She's done a I mean, lot. Yeah, no, I mean, I have her Bibles. That was yeah. what, you know, that was the only inheritance she left um, was her Bibles in her Christmas house as God lover. Mm -hmm. um, but her Bibles, I mean, I find I'll be going through her Bibles and there are pages that are soaked with tear stains and even places where because she was a weeping prophet, you know, um, she would even circle where tears hit the paper and would say, this is a seed, this is a seed, this is a seed. Um, and I know that like my, my life and, and what I'm walking in is a harvest of joy for the tears that she sowed in the secret place in travail um, that I didn't even know she was sowing. I mean, I knew that she would be praying and interceding for my brothers and I, um, and that she weeped constantly, but, uh, there is, you know, it's funny. We don't have time to get into this teaching, but the Lord has really taught me about tears and about the covenant of salt and how salt in scripture, it actually represents God's covenant of mercy. And there are two things in scripture specifically that God himself says, build memorials before him, his throne. And that is our tears and our offerings to the poor specifically. They build memorials before the Lord. Hmm. And I believe tears, they build a memorial before the Lord and God created us like to release salt water tears, which is very interesting. 
because whenever God sees salt, he remembers his covenant of mercy that will never end. It'll never end. And, and the reason why salt is prophetic for his covenant of mercy is because um, salt, once it's dissolved in water, if you evaporate the water, the salt is still there. So salt, no matter what you put it in, it will all it will always be separated unto itself. And it never truly disappears. It is one substance that constantly remains. And so it's literally like, just like as, you know, he said that our sins would be, you know, cast as far as the East is from the West. And it would be that our sins would be lost in the sea of forgetfulness. So it's the sea of his mercy. It's the sea of his tears that he has shed over humanity that has swallowed up um, our sin, right? Mm -hmm. um, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, weeping and uh, sweating great drops of blood, mm -hmm. you know? Um, we are the salt of the earth. And I mean, there's so, so much in that, but, you know, I, I think for, for today's broadcast, you know, that we, this is just, it's a testimony really of how God has hope for our future. He says, I know the plans I have for you. They are not for destruction, but for hope and for a future, for success and your final outcome, right? And then right after that, it says, if you seek me with your whole heart in those days, when you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found by you. And so God gives us, yes, if you look at the rest of the chapter or the rest of the book of Jeremiah, it's a lot of judgment stuff. It's a lot of God saying like, you've broke my heart. You've been wayward. You've sinned against me. And because you've served other gods, this is the sin that's going to, you know, this is, this is the consequence of your sin because you, you will all like, guys, that's the other thing that we are always led off as prisoners to whatever God we worship. So whatever you bow down to, that is going to be what you serve. And that's what happened to the Israelites. They worshiped foreign gods. And so they were led away as slaves and prisoners to the people that worshiped those foreign gods, you know, but then God always comes in with this voice, this word of, but I love you. So even though this is going to happen if you will seek me with your whole heart, you're going to be, I'm going to be found by you. I will be available to you. And I am going to give you a promise of hope. I'm going to give you a promise of restoration um, as you seek me with your whole heart. And, and he's faithful to do that. And now, you know, hope is really tied to waiting. It is, it, it's absolutely tied to waiting. And, and I believe that is because you know, faith, another word for faith is trust, right? It is, it's synonymous. It means to believe in, to adhere to, to rely upon, or to act on um, a belief, okay? So hope is, I believe, can also be synonymous for faith because hope will lead us to do things um, before God gives us the evidence of those things 
being for us, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. So, uh, in what is it? Isaiah 40, it says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not be faint. Well, in other translations, it's that same word. It's connected to, to tikvah or, or hope. And in some translations, it's trust. And in other translations, it's hope. And then other translations, it's wait. Um, but what that means. So when Isaiah gave this word, um, he, you have to understand the context of the scripture. The Israelites had been um, besieged. They were um, the, the, the army that was coming against them. They had these warriors that were called war eagles. Okay. And there were these, they were these giant like desert eagle birds that were highly trained uh, by these these warriors, these soldiers that would take a a rope, okay, and they would bind themselves to the ankle of these warbirds, okay, and these war eagles and the soldiers that came with them, the soldiers would literally rely on the bird's strength to carry their weight as they ran great distances. And they knew how to work with the bird to so that when the bird took off, they could garner its strength to be lifted up to scale walls, fortress walls. And so the Israelites are, they've never seen anything like this. They're besieged. Like people are, are eating their families because like literally like there's cannibalism going on because all their supply lines have been cut off outside of the city walls. And then they have these, these warriors that are coming in with these, you know, demonic birds scaling their fortress walls and taking out their soldiers. And the prophet Isaiah uses these war eagles as an analogy for what is going to happen as the or as the people hope trust and wait upon the lord it is he is saying bind yourself tie yourself be intertwined with my spirit and you will find new strength you will soar on wings like eagles you will run and not grow weary. You will not walk and not faint. The prophet is, is giving the word of the Lord to these besieged Israelites to hold on and trust in the covenant promises of God because he is going to come through for you. You know, so another, it means a rope or to bind to, right? So when we bind ourselves to the Lord or when we're braided, intertwined or intimate with his spirit, we become one with him and we become in sync with him so that when he moves, we move. When he pauses, we pause. Kind of like when we're in a, you know, a three-legged race, mm-hmm. you know, and that is the season that we're in right now is that God is, is speaking to us to ignite our hope about what is coming in the days ahead. But he wants us to be so 
intimate, be so wrapped up, bound to him that we're moving with him in sync with his spirit. And so I feel like that's a word for some of us who, you know, God showing you things, but you just keep feeling like oh, I'm in this waiting season, or I feel mm-hmm. like I'm in this holding pattern. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And, and, so the whole, this holding pattern is really an invitation for you who are experiencing that to get yourself in sync with his spirit, to bind yourself to, to his heart, to his thoughts, to his emotions, to his intentions, to his perspective, and to his word and his promises for your future. It's, it's an opportunity for you um, to set yourself aside with him and to ask him for strategy, ask him for blueprints, ask him for wisdom, ask him what, what God, what do I need to do um, to partner with you in this process so that I can be sure that when you take a step forward. I'm stepping in tandem with you. I don't want to go too far ahead. I don't want to be left behind. I want to be right on time in sync with your spirit moving forward. Um, and for those of you that feel like you are in a pruning season right now, um, you know, when you have hope, your attitude is a lot different when you walk through difficult seasons, right? Like, I believe that our hope is supposed to be uh, one of the things that actually provokes the nations to righteous jealousy. You know, when we're going through really trying times and like just recently, I had a girl who I actually worked with at the salon, my salon, who watched me go through that whole season of, you know, losing my mom. And then we did end up seeing victory from cancer. My dad survived stage four esophageal cancer and maintained a quality of life, Mm -hmm. you know, so I got to keep my dad, you know, for an extra six years. Um, he survived that he survived his triple bypass surgery, you know, and I, I got to keep my dad. So we did see the victory. God kept his promise of seeing victory over cancer. Um, but one of the girls that watched me through that season, she reached like over Christmas, she reached out to me. Both of her parents had been tragically killed in a car accident, uh, right before Christmas. And this last year, just this, yeah, just this last year, just yeah. this past Christmas. And she reached out and she said, Krista, I have to talk to you. How did you get through that loss? Cause I am devastated and I don't know how I'm going to survive. And it was my hope because of the way the Lord kept my heart in that season and, and kept me speaking into the future and kept me focused on an eternal perspective that actually led her to think of me as the first person to call when she did not have hope for the future. And I began, I, I've, I got to witness to her. I got to uh, pray over her, prophesy over her. Um, I got to give her one of my books and, you know, her life has changed and she has hope now and she has a relationship with Jesus because I was a, I was a harbinger of hope in, in that season. Um, and I believe that God wants to do that for others. I, I really, I really want to encourage you guys to walk away and 
to, to take this as an invitation to go before the Lord each day and ask God, how do you feel about me today? How do you feel about this person or this situation? Jesus, what are you praying over me today? I want to be more aware of your presence with me and your thoughts towards me and those around me. Mm-hmm. God, would you bind your spirit to my thoughts and my emotions so they are in sync with your thoughts and your emotions? God, what are you doing in the nations today that is good news? Because, guys, there's already been prophetic words about, you know, the spirit of witchcraft that's going to be on the airwaves, blah, 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 blah. That's mm-hmm. already been going on, guys. It's already been happening. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we need to be the bearers of good news. And the only way that we can have good news is if we're going to the author of the good news, which is Jesus himself. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that. And then, Jeff, was there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? Or no. No. Yeah. Just go ahead and pray for people. I think this is really good. I think that, um, you know, the months, months to come, the year to come, um, I think that it is really important that we speak a better word than, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's, it's easy to, to kind of parrot whatever you're seeing gloom and doom. Um, but Jesus speaks hope and he speaks life. Right. Um, so yeah. Anyways, that's, that's all I got. Absolutely. Yeah. So Lord, that's what we do. We just speak life right now. We speak mm-hmm. life over every person under the sound of my voice. Yeah. God, I break off every spirit of despair, every spirit of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Wow. Every spirit of, of hope deferred, which makes hearts sick. And God, I just ask right now that your spirit would come and would begin to cleanse our eyes from witchcraft that blinds us from your eternal purposes and plans, not just for our lives as individuals, but the lives of those in our family, those that we work with, those, you know, people in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our regions, in our nations, God, we come out of agreement with a negative report right now. And we come into agreement, God, with your report over the nations. God, we say that there is nothing that we have permission to be hopeless about when we are in relationship with the God of hope, you are never hopeless. So we should never be hopeless. Mm. God, would you turn our hearts to hear your hope for us? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. We bind ourselves to you. We thank you, God. We are coming into sync with your spirit. Wow. And we just declare, I declare that in the days ahead, we will be a people with great influence because we are going to be those who will be excited about what you're doing in the nations, that we will be a people 
who will be like spiritual cheerleaders and marathon motivators who are going to encourage your people to keep on going in Jesus mighty mm-hmm, name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Krista, do you have any uh, fun events coming up or anything like that? Yes, I actually do. I am going to be speaking at the joyful, make a joy, joyful noise revival hub in Indiana. Um, that is going to be on my website it's this weekend. And then next weekend, I'm going to be speaking in Dayton or Kettering, Ohio, um, at another event, um, kingdom collaboration, I believe is what it's called with my friend, uh, Philip redeemed Hickman and another friend, James Hodges. So that should be pretty fire. I'm excited about that too. All that information is on my website. So you can just go there and check out upcoming events. Oh, and, um, our women's events this year, Jeff are going to be absolutely epic. I just looked at the dude. I looked at the conference like center that we're going to be having our next event at. And is that women of valor or is that no, that, that well, I'm looking are, on your events tab right now. <laughs> oh no, we don't have the, we don't have them up yet, but our next arise women's summit is going to be the first weekend in August in okay. Hamilton, Ohio. Um, and it's going to be at the champion mill um, conference center, which is the, it used to be a, a paper mill, champion paper mill. And that's where my mom worked when she got pregnant with me. Wow. Full circle. I know. It's a full circle event. So that's exciting. And then we have a woman of wonder that is going to be in June. And um, then we're going to have our first arise and mobilize in Cleveland, Ohio in October, first weekend of November. Awesome. So make sure ladies that you are watching for those because they're going to be next level. I'm super excited. Very cool. So, and then of course, everybody links in the descriptions to where you can follow Krista. You're always posting, always posting stuff. There's a lot to see. And um, so please guys go follow her and subscribe and all that. Wouldn't like (laughs) wherever, wherever you can do all that. So, uh, Chris. Oh yeah. And get my new merch, by the way. Uh, when I was behind stage, I totally went and bought an Elijah fire shirt. Oh, nice. So I'll be rocking that one. next. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, Krista, yes. Everybody go buy her, her merch. You can get it on her website. Correct. Yes. On my website. You're always busting out new merch. I know. Yeah. Creative. I can't help it. Yep. 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 So, um, Guys, have a great, great day. Tune in tomorrow. We've got Lava Girl back, Taylor Dooley, uh, actress. Um, so I haven't had her on the show in a while. It'd be, be fun to catch up. So uh, she recently got married. Well, not recently got married. She got married several months ago, but we haven't had her on since she got married. So, you know, it'll be a joyous affair. So. Um, that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, guys, ElijahStreams.com slash donate. You know the drill is how you can donate. Uh, so it allows us to continue to bring on Krista and Taylor and everybody else that's on the show. So, guys, we love you, and we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Taylor Dooley. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. 
For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.